two discharged former auditors for the Vatican Bank are now suing the Vatican, Pope Francis, for $10 million for damages, claiming that they were ousted in the controversy that involves Pope Francis, Cardinal Pell, and Cardinal Betchew. If you've been watching the Dr. Taylor Marshall podcast, you know that we've been following this story for a while. And Ed Penton has interviewed uh, this former auditor, and the story is quite interesting. He says that he was ousted, that there was a campaign led by Cardinal Betchew to get rid of him from the Vatican because they were uncovering things that people didn't want uncovered. He also claims that he wrote seven, I believe it's seven, letters to Pope Francis that did not receive a response, and that Cardinal Perelin, the Secretary of State, placed a, or the Pope did, he heard from Cardinal Perelin, this whole scenario, situation, ejection, bringing of an end to their audit under papal secret, which is quite the big deal. So I'm going to run the interview that Ed Penton did. I want to encourage everybody to watch the whole thing. You can click the link below in the show notes and listen to the whole thing. Before I do, however, I want to ask everyone to please like the video with a thumbs up, share it using the share button. And of course, if you want to subscribe, which of course you do, hit the subscribe button and smash that bell. You'll be notified. Okay, we're going to pray the Our Father together for this horrible situation at the Vatican and the Vatican Bank. I'll talk about the Vatican Bank shortly in just a little bit, but we'll pray the Our Father together and we'll jump right into Ed Penton's interview and what he uncovered with Libero Milone and this Vatican, new Vatican Bank scandal. Oremus. Nomini Patris et Fidi et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Pater Noster, qui es in Celi, sanctificetur nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in cello et in terra. Panem nostrum quotidianum da nobis odie, et dimite nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimitimus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, se libera nos amalo. Amen. All right, let's jump into it, and we'll look at this interview with Ed Penton. Arrested um, because they had delivered to us a decree, uh, what you would call a criminal decree, saying that we had uh, been spying and uh, we were accused of embezzlement. Now, neither of the two things ever happened uh, because it's not within the scope of uh, the work in order to do. Um, it all started with my being called, my visiting uh, Monsignor Becciu on the morning of the 19th of uh, June, and he told me that the Pope had no longer had any faith in what we were doing, and had asked for my resignation. And I said, "Well, you know, I, I don't understand. Well, you were spying, and uh, you had um, you, you had embezzled." I said, "Well, uh, can I speak to the Pope?" Uh, because um, according to the um, statute, which is the the uh, document. Um, defining the role of the Auditor General, which in the Vatican is law, because it's passed by the Pope, I reported to him. So I, would, I thought it would be appropriate that I should hear these words from him. And he said it was not possible that I should speak to the uh, head of the uh, police force, the Gendarmerie, who would explain the issues to me. But at the same time, he said, you know, you were spying on me. 
And I said, I was buying a new. Mm -hmm. She said, yes, you knew that I hadn't paid all my so social security contributions for a very small, insignificant amount, 600 euros. I was very surprised that he made this statement because he was m making a statement about something he could not know about. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you why. In the uh, statute, there's a provision for whistleblowing. And it foresees that anybody who has anything to say can come, can go to the Auditor General and they will be treated in a, in, in, in a reserved matter, manner and if necessary and useful for the auditor to use it, otherwise he will just file the information. Now I had received in this January of 2017 from a person external. I'm going to pause here for just a moment. So what's going on here is they're accusing this gentleman who's the auditor of embezzling. If he's an auditor, how would he do that? And then spying. Uh, for example, not knowing that uh, the Cardinal had not paid his Social Security um, money. And he's saying these are things that he would not normally have known about. So there's some kind of counter-spying, reverse-spying going on here. And once he starts figuring out, this gentleman here, the auditor, they get rid of him and they send him out. And so he's now suing for $10 million dollars. Of damages saying there's a conspiracy going on at the Vatican. I'm going to jump ahead here to a pertinent spot. This is the interview uh, that Ed Panton had with Libero Maloney, the former auditor for the Vatican Bank. And there's a juicy spot here at around six minutes. Again, you can watch the whole video. I've linked it below in the show notes, and perhaps our moderators can link it in the live chat right now. And if you're enjoying this, make sure you give the like. So here is the next part. Let's roll it. Economy, which was the one, the castry headed by Cardinal Pell. Right. And um, it was a, a big change management issue, mm -hmm. you know, about changing the way you do things. Yeah. But we tried to encourage the people because we had to accomplish a, a task. So we had meetings and we explained how things were done. We even had training sessions mm -hmm. to explain how things are done. Uh, but evidently, these very much more sophisticated procedures we're uncovering things that somebody didn't want us to uncover. Yes. So it's, would you say it's a sort of mixture of malfeasance and uh, perhaps a bit of a shock about how... Well, for uh, some, there was a shock that we were going into such detail. Yes. But, you know, the detail was nothing of a surprise because they were the, the auditing standards. Yes. Right. Right. Now, we came across many things um, uh, in, in our work and I reported every single thing to the Pope. Uh, because that was my duty, and to Cardinal uh, Parolin, who is the Secretary of State, yeah. on the basis of instructions received from the Pope. So they knew exactly what I was doing. So any challenge that I received was uh, something that I already had spoken to the Pope or Cardinal Parolin. Yes, and during that raid, they understand, if, if I'm correct, they took your cell phone and your iPad. And they oh didn't yes, see, see in the morning I, I was uh, addressed by Betu in that manner. Then he sent me to the, the Gendarmerie and they told me that uh, um, the detail of what uh, their accusations were, which were non-existent according mm. to me because I hadn't done any, things of any of the things that they mentioned. In the afternoon they took me to back to my office and um, the object was to take all the documents that I had prepared. Yes. They put all the uh, reports and documents from my office in boxes, which they took away. and. Um, during the raid, they took the documents uh, concerning the um, whistleblowing I mentioned before. 
But at the same time, at the end of the meeting, they took away my cell phone, and my personal cell phone, and my personal iPad, in addition to the office computer and cell phones. But they had no reason to take away my personal uh, instruments, simply because there were personal private matters on them, but also because I had um, other um, uh, professional uh, information on it concerning to listed companies. I was on the board, yeah. I had been on the board of listed companies. So, yeah. you know, that's very confidential. Okay, so as you yeah. can see. And am I right in understanding that you were bugged and there was. Also well, no, I, I, was, I was. I insisted on in getting my equipment back. Yes. Um, it took about 10 days with right. the involvement of Cardinal Paralin. And the amazing thing was that the. the um, the documents um, uh, accusing me yeah. uh, had been signed by the promoter of justice, who is the prosecutor in the Vatican, mm -hmm. and the people... So as you can see, this is deep. And I've been saying since 2019, there is a profound infiltration within the Catholic Church. I am a faithful son of the Catholic Church. I try to be. I try to live by the Church's teachings, scripture, tradition, faith, morality. I'm not here to trash the Church. The Church is our mother. The Church is the bride of Christ. But there are wicked wolves in sheep's clothing who are using our beloved Catholic Church for sex, sodomy, money laundering, embezzlement, and I think just power trips. We could throw in there pedophilia, Cardinal McCarrick, all of these horrible things that wolves are doing inside the church. The church herself is not wicked. The church herself is not bad. The church is one holy Catholic and apostolic. That's the church. The problem is, is you've got evil men inside the church trying to corrupt her, trying to send souls to hell. Now, I've documented, if you're wondering, what is the Vatican Bank? Why does the bank Vatican have its own bank? Why is it always in a scandal every five to ten years? I'd encourage you to read the chapter on the Vatican Bank and the history of the Vatican Bank in my best-selling book, Infiltration. If you haven't read it yet, please read it. It's on sale right now at Amazon.com and um, has over 4,000 reviews. It is, um, it's an important book. It's an important book, and I would really encourage, if you want to know quickly the history of the Vatican Bank and why it is plagued by scandals, read that chapter in Infiltration. If you'd like a signed copy, of infiltration, I would encourage you to go to patreon.com forward slash DR Taylor Marshall. There's specials there where you can get that book, my latest book, others signed. I'll send you a rosary to thank you for your support, but check back over there. Now, back to the story. I want to read some of the details to you. Again, um, the version I'm reading from is the version from Ed Penton. Again, I've linked to his full interview. You saw some snippets there that I just shared. I'd encourage you to listen to the whole thing. It's, it's quite amazing. So Libero here, you can see him on the screen, and his former deputy are trying to clear their name. 
They're saying, we didn't do anything wrong. We didn't embezzle. We have been falsely accused by the Pope, the Secretary of the State, Cardinal Betchu, the Vatican in general. We have been falsely accused, and we want to clear our name, and we want $10 million in damages. Here's the report. Libero Milone, the former chairman and CEO of Delote Italy, a multinational auditing and consulting firm, and Ferruccio Panico, an ex-chief auditor of the Italian manufacturer Indesit, are suing the Vatican for nearly $10 million in order to obtain proper reparations from suffered damages after they were forced to resign in 2017. They claim that they were forced out of their positions. And you heard as you in the interview just now, they took away, they wrecked their offices, they took away their personal phone, their personal iPad, etc. Now, the interesting part here is the role of Pope Francis. And that's probably why you're watching right now. You want to know what role does Pope Francis have in all of this? All right, well, Pope Francis created the Vatican's first ever Office of Auditor General in 2015. This was lauded by all the Francis fans. Oh, Pope Francis is finally going to clean up. He's going to clean up shop. He's serious about getting rid of corruption. Francis is a good guy. Well, they bring in auditors. And as soon as they get to work, they're fired. They're raided, they're kicked out, and they're accused of espionage and embezzlement as soon as they begin their job. They were hired in 2015. Their offices were raided in June of 2017 for espionage and embezzlement. Now, the chief accuser of these two men is Cardinal Betchu. And you know Cardinal Betchu because I always say, I bet you Cardinal Betchu knows where the skeletons are in the Vatican. Cardinal Betchu is, in my observation, a corrupt politician who takes advantage of wearing the red cardinal hat and the red robes of the Church of Rome to, you've seen the videos, benefit relatives, benefit friends, and... Since all of this has happened, Francis is now in a trial with Betchu. Now, Cardinal Betchu accused them of spying on the private lives of superiors and staff, including me. And he said, quote, if he had not agreed to resign, we would have prosecuted him. Maloney told reporters that, quote, a small group of powers were trying to defame his reputation. He said, I was threatened with arrest. The head of the Vatican police intimidated me and forced me to sign a resignation letter that they had already prepared weeks in advance. So the Vatican police, you're not being called in to talk to Pope Francis or the Cardinal Secretary of State. The Vatican police are serving him those papers. Now, I want to get to this part about the... Uh, oh, here's the other important thing. Maloney also said that during the last seven years... He had written seven letters to Pope Francis, quote, asking for an audience to illustrate my position regarding this event. But I have never received answers, and I have doubts as to whether these letters ever reached him. This kind of reminds us of everyone else who disagrees with the Pope, 
or has problems with the Pope, trying to talk with him. You know, we're Catholics. We're Christians. We're supposed to go to one another. You know, you see uh, Cardinal Zen with all the nonsense going on with the patriotic state church in China. He's trying to talk to Pope Francis to warn him, to discuss it, to dialogue. Pope Francis won't even meet with him. The dubia cardinals want to meet with him. What are you, what are you saying here in Amoris Laetitia? This sounds heretical. This sounds contrary to previous papal teaching. Uh, contrary to the Council of Trent on holy matrimony can, and confession. Can we meet with you and get a clarification? Doors closed. Francis won't meet with him. And here again, we have the former auditor writing letters. Hey, I need to talk to you. Can I get an explanation? No response. He also says that through Cardinal Perelin, he had recently discovered that Pope Francis had put, quote, a pontifical secret on the story of my resignation. So much for transparency of the current pontificate. So a pontifical secret means that the Pope is putting a... What would be the equivalent? Okay, in American politics, you can they stamp things top secret. Like, it can't be released to the public. It's top secret. It's classified. That's what the pontifical secret's like in the church. It's classified. Cannot be discussed. Cannot be released. Why would Pope Francis put the papal secret over the story of his resignation. Something is not right. Something is rotten in the state of the Vatican. My brothers and sisters, Pope Francis is not a transparent man. Pope Francis knows exactly what he was due to do. He was elected with the St. Gallen Mafia and with conspiracy to bring forward an agenda that would undermine traditional marriage between a man and a woman that would pave the way for the blessing of same-sex unions, which you're seeing this year with the Synod of Synodality, which is a joke. It's asking people to tell you what they think the Catholic Church should be. How ridiculous is that? So yeah, he was appointed to erode the teaching on traditional marriage, to push forward a eco-theology that would conform with the European Union and the United Nations and with the green socialist movement. He was put forward to soften everyone to be ready for ordination of women to the diaconate. And where am I getting all this? You think I'm just making this up? No. It was stated by cardinals and archbishops who were involved in what they called the St. Gallen Mafia. That's not a thing that I made up. That's not a thing that conspiracy theory Catholic rad trads made up. No, that's what they called it the St. Gallen Mafia. And what they discussed at these meetings in the legacy of Cardinal Mardini 
was women's ordination of the diaconate, blessings for same-sex partnerships, whatever that is, mitigation of respect for the traditional family, softening on the church's teaching on abortion, softening or reversal on the teaching on contraception, you know, all the controversial stuff. That's what Pope Francis was elected to do. And guess what he's done? Those things. Promote globalism. Promote communism. Promote the communist version of Catholicism in China. Meanwhile, the Catholic Church in Europe crumbles apart. They're closing down seminaries, merging parishes. People aren't going. Because the successors of the apostles aren't teaching the doctrine and the gospel, the good news of the apostles. And it's falling apart. Now we have a man suing for $10 million to get his name back and his reputation back because he's been accused by the Vatican of espionage and embezzlement. Will they settle out of court? Will it go? To court? I don't know. I don't know how Italy works. Is it in the Vatican courts? Doubt that. It's a big problem. And I'd like to encourage you. I know we talk a lot about Pope Francis and wicked cardinals and wicked bishops and scandals in the church and all that. I want to encourage you by noting that it is not the Catholic Church that is corrupt. The Catholic Church is the mother of the faithful. If you read the book of Revelation, if you read my new book, Antichrist and Apocalypse, you'll get to the last two chapters and you'll realize that the church is the bride of Christ. She's without wrinkles. She's without spot. She is pure. She is holy. She is lovely. She is beautiful. That is the true church. That's the church that we profess in the creed. One, holy, Catholic, and apostolic. The church is holy. The true church is holy. However, there has been a deep infiltration within the church. In a way, these two books go together. I was with a friend the other night. And he said, you know, it's kind of cool how Antichrist and Apocalypse and infiltration go together. Because infiltration, in a way, is talking about the corruption that's coming within by infiltrators. But then when you read Antichrist and Apocalypse, you realize that the church herself, in her essence, in her nature, at her core, is one holy Catholic and apostolic. That's dogmatic teaching. So if you want to be encouraged, I would actually encourage you to read Infiltration. Yes, the first 90% of it is a just punch in the gut when you realize how corrupt things have become. Not only at the Vatican Bank, but in the liturgy, in the dioceses, in the seminaries, in theology, in morality, in the demographics. You're just going to be punched in the gut over and over and over. But if you read to the end of infiltration, you'll see the hope. You'll see the way forward. And I, I make an analogy there to Ezra and Nehemiah in the Old Testament, when they come back after Jerusalem has been destroyed and the temple is destroyed and there is no priesthood and there is no liturgy, everything is just jacked up. They come back and they begin to rebuild the structure, the city of what it is meant to be. The priesthood, 
everything. And they have swords on their hips and shovels in their hands. And they're rebuilding the walls and rebuilding the cities with their weapons. And that's what we need to do. We need to rebuild and we need to be weaponized. And the weapon is the Holy Rosary. Pray the rosary every day or you're not on the team. Simple. I'm so tired of people complaining. Well, you don't have to pray the rosary every day. Yes, you do. You have to pray the rosary every day. The Blessed Virgin Mary got off her throne, came down to earth in 1917 to Portugal to three children, and she told us to pray in Portuguese. She said, pray a third every day. There's 15 mysteries of the rosary. That means you pay, you pray five at least, five mysteries every day. And then there's Pope after Pope. You've heard me read them. You know, I've got the book Rosary in 50 Pages. I've encouraged you to get it. You can, of course, get a signed copy at patreon.com. In the book, I give you all these quotes from the popes saying, pray the rosary every day. It's not me. It's the popes. It's the Blessed Mother. Do it. Pray the rosary every day. I don't want to hear any more excuses. No. You got to pray the rosary every day. You got to read the Bible every day. I'm reading the Bible every day. I've got a plan for you to read the Bible. Maybe I'll link it below. A Catholic Bible reading that I promote. Today I just finished reading the prophet Hosea. Did I finish? Yeah, I finished. I finished the prophet Hosea. Yesterday I finished reading the New Testament. Why? Because I need the Word of God in me to be encouraged and I need to know God's truth. I'm bombarded every day on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and social media and televisions all over the place telling me garbage. I want the truth. Straight up truth is from the Bible. Read the Bible every day. And of course, you got to pray that rosary. Did I say that already? Pray the rosary? Yes, I did. All right. Thanks, everybody, for watching. I think we'll, um, we'll close here by praying a Hail Mary together. And let's see if I got it queued up here. I do. I'll put the I'll put the word. I was gonna say the lyrics. I'll put the words on the screen for the Hail Mary in Latin. Nomini Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, or Pernobis peccatoribus, nunc et ador mortis nostre. Amen. Blessed Virgin Mary, pray for the Vatican. Bring about purity, truth, holiness. Inspire the faithful by our shepherds. In Jesus' name, amen. Nomini Patris et Fidi et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. All right, friends. Thank you so much for watching. I've already said it already, but thanks to everybody who supports over at Patreon. You can go to patreon.com forward slash drtaylormarshall. I've got all kinds of thank you packages just waiting to send to you. Um, so go there, look at the different levels, different tiers, support the Dr. Taylor Marshall podcast, my writings, my works, my podcast, and I'm grateful to you. And also, if you want to move and find fellowship with people you agree with, like me. You can move to Texas. You can move to Coeur d'Alene. You can move to Kansas City. You can find traditional Catholic communities. I encourage you to go to realestateforlife.org. Realestateforlife.org is a place with like-minded people who believe the same things, who can help you sell your house wherever you live. It can even be outside. I know people who are using realestateforlife.org. They're in Canada. 
and they're in Mexico. They can help you sell your house, move and relocate, migrate to a place that fits your values, your faith, your tradition, and what you want for your kids. Look what's going on in the world. You need a community, and that's why I encourage you to reach out to realestateforlife.org and tell them you heard about it at the Dr. Taylor Marshall Show or podcast, whatever you call it. All right, thanks for watching. Remember our Lord Jesus Christ as you're the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So go out there and be salty. God bless and Godspeed. Thank you so much for watching. If you enjoyed this podcast, please click the like button, the thumbs up, and subscribe by clicking the subscribe button and clicking the bell for notifications. God bless. See you in future videos.